0: The Lightning Thief, Chapter 5. I play pinnacle with a horse. I had weird dreams full of barnyard animals. Most of them wanted to kill me, the rest wanted food. I must have woken up several times, but what I heard and saw made no sense, so I just passed out again. I remember lying in a soft bed, being spoon-fed something that tasted like butter popcorn. I'm Ava. I'm
1: Neve. And I'm Braden. And this is Return to Camp Half-Blood. Join us as we journey back through a childhood favorite series
2: and see what lessons we can learn as adults from these books that meant so much to us as kids. Okay guys, so today we're talking about the Lightning Thief chapters five and six. I play Pinochle with a horse and I become the Supreme Lord of the Bathroom
1: a classy title
2: <laughs> okay so before we get into the meat of the episode today we have an exciting announcement to make
0: we are launching our very own red bubble shop and that is complete with
1: <laughs> <laughs> we made a whole bunch of designs of things that we've said on the show uh, and you can get them in stickers and pillows And T-shirts and mugs and everything else your heart could possibly desire.
2: Yeah, it's Redbubble. So we just made designs and you can get them wherever you want. We have uh, a new uh, Return to Camp Haplode logo. We have uh, Annabeth Chase, One Woman Army. uh, Mm -hmm. Can Chiron be my dad? A a few other stickers. Uh, I'm sure we'll have more designs in the future. There's about five designs up right now. We share the store with... We function similarly podcast, uh, but basically we'll put the link in the bio and on our social media and, or you can just search return to camp half blood on Redbubble, and you should get most of the designs. Uh, yeah. But more importantly, the profits for the month of July will all be going to the Marsha P. Johnson Institute uh, because we want to support black trans people because they need it this week uh i have the honor of doing the 30 second recap uh neve let me know count me in
1: all right three two one go
2: Okay, so basically what you need to know about this chapter is that it starts off, Percy wakes up, he falls asleep, he wakes up, he sees things, he's not sure if they're really there, then he wakes up, someone dragged his unconscious body onto a porch, and he wakes up and Grover's there, and Grover's like, oh no, this isn't a dream, you aren't in Oz, Uh, this is all real, Uh, and then... He, he he plays Pinnacle with Mr. D, who's actually Dionysus, and Mr. Brunner, who's actually Chiron, who's a centaur, and then there's a whole other chapter where he gets a tour oh. of the camp. Oh. <laughs>
1: I'm so sorry. <laughs> you got through one chapter, though. That was impressive. So
2: There's, good a, me. <laughs> there's a lot that happens in these two chapters.
1: That's there there true. I mean, but you basically covered chapter five, so... And that's
0: better than I did, right? Like, like
1: my my coverage of chapter one
0: was—I don't even remember what I said, but I got maybe through the first
2: page. through the first page, basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess what I missed was uh the end of chapter six. Clarice, uh, attacks him, and then he sprays her with water. That's kind of important, right?
0: I love that girl. I don't know why. I don't think I should, <laughs> but I do. <did. laughs>
2: Okay.
1: I don't think I should. Uh,
2: I mean, these this these two chapters are so much exposition.
0: Yeah, no, for real. That's kind of all they are. Yeah. It's interesting cuz not to fast forward but to to preview um later in the episode. Like I was thinking about like what's my favorite like Percy Sass moment? And I was like, are there any? <laughs> like there are so few solely because he's like I woke up. I had putting ambrosia and then i went to sleep like he didn't he wasn't he wasn't like sassy at all he was just kind of like explaining things and i was like well i mean it's necessary but
2: <laughs> yeah no he, he percy is definitely much more passive in these chapters than he is the entire rest of the series he's oh, yeah. not a very passive character but <laughs> no just so so much of what you think about in this first book it happens in these two chapters
0: mhm Yeah, truly. That's true.
2: And we have some of, like, the most iconic moments, which are, like, uh, the you drool when you sleep line.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, my God.
2: Which is the beginning of the greatest love story ever told.
0: (laughs) Really? Oh, my God. Romeo and Juliet
1: could absolutely never. Like, Adam really couldn't.
2: It does not hold a candle to Percy Jackson and Annabeth.
1: No. Never.
0: (laughs)
2: <laughs> and just the whole explanation of how the Greek gods work and that everything is real. And what what did we forget about these chapters before going into them?
1: Um, out the gate, I forgot about Argus, his entire character. And he's Me mentioned too. at the very beginning of chapter five. And I was like, oh my God, he's a character. Like, I just totally forgot
2: about it. Yeah. I also did
1: same I I actually had a little
0: stupid moment um where like I, I I love to forget minor character names right and so I saw the description of Argus and I was like oh that's Tyson from Sea of Monsters right and then I was like "Even no <laughs>
2: it's just it's like not- the exact opposite character
0: because it's like so you have a lot of eyes and then you have one like
2: there are only two options one or many i,
0: <laughs> one or many, and I chose wrong
1: <laughs> oh
0: anyway that is also something i forgot um but yeah no one of the things one of the main things that i forgot or no two um were sort of when percy peeks his head into the poseidon cabin and um i love the line i think it's like the walls like the abalone walls like gleamed or something like that and I was like wow you know um and sort of that like sense of belonging like in foreshadowing even before we got to you know his cabin placement and I also forgot that Chiron was supposed to be like a bright white horse yeah (laughs) important detail (laughs) no it
1: really is like (laughs) I'm not kidding
0: no yeah in the movie I was like, "Yeah, Pierce Brosnan is like a brown stallion or something." I
2: forgot that it was Pierce Brosnan who. I will in never movie. forget. <laughs> what a weird <laughs> know, casting choice.
1: I know, but I really every casting it. choice in that movie was no. That's <gasps> for a later episode. Speaking what? of casting oh, choices, on.
2: speaking of casting choices, what it made me forget was that so like everyone is aged up in the movies, right? Mm-hmm. Except for Luke. I forgot that Luke is like a nineteen-year-old. I know. he is oh, yeah. significantly older than them like percy and annabeth and grover that's another thing i forgot grover's actually 28
1: yeah but he's perpetually I in middle school about that, but i didn't remember the details but i thought he was like 300 i forgot that he was that young like
2: <laughs> no but they're all like percy annabeth grover they're all basically 12 like grover grover for all intents and purposes is 12 but and then luke is 19 he's like seven years older than the rest of them
1: i know and i was reading it and annabeth it was like annabeth like started to blush like talking about luke and i'm like oh god no (laughs) just thinking about i was like oh wait this is this is something else than i always was
2: i know because we're like oh it's like annabeth's crush on him and like why doesn't he like her back but then no because he's 19 he's he's my age like that is why he has no interest in this twelve-year-old.
0: Oh, I know he's older than me. Like
1: <laughs> he is
0: older than me. I don't like that reality. I kind of do. It like makes me feel comfort, like
2: comfortable in my youth. <laughs> like,
0: like I'm like, if I'm longer if I'm younger than Luke, everything is okay.
2: <laughs> it, it's definitely interesting to, like going into this, we're like, oh, all the characters are younger than us, it'll be interesting to look at characters younger than us, and then like, oh, wait, one of the main characters is exactly our age, so that'll, that'll just be interesting, I'm interested to see where we see Luke in this. Makes me think
0: about college, like, um, you know, do they go to college, did Luke, like, does the camp extend through that age group, you know? Yeah, I
2: mean, I mean, we, we, Look at that later in the Heroes of Olympus series with New Rome and stuff, but it is interesting to think about in these first books that he is he like should be like a a sophomore in college, but he isn't. Yeah, he's in at the summer camp. I guess it is summer, so like he could go to college. I don't think it's ever really discussed what he does.
1: Yeah, Mm.
2: I think he's one of those people who stays there year round.
0: Yeah, he definitely is.
1: Oh, uh, a smaller thing that I forgot about, and it was kind of mentioned in the last chapters, but um, it was really mentioned in these ones. The names have power thing. Yeah. I completely yeah. forgot about that entire, like, True. idea. And now I remember why, like, the term the kindly ones existed. <laughs> like, I knew I remembered the term, but I couldn't remember what it meant. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Yeah. I thought that was an interesting aspect of the book that I just like totally forgot about. Yeah.
2: I I'm interested to see how much that continues. Cause I, Mm -hmm. for some reason I don't, I don't remember it as much in the later books. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if it was, it started off as a really strong part of it and disappeared or I just, for some reason glossed over it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also the whole ambrosia and nectar thing. I just like forgot about that detail.
0: Really, that's interesting. That's one of the things that I didn't forget. But I think it's because, like, <laughs> for some reason, that left such a mark on me that, like, whenever I eat something
1: remotely, like,
0: <laughs> you know, tolerable, I'm always like Ugh, ambrosia. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I didn't forget about it because I wanted to try it so goddamn bad. Me too.
2: I, the thing is, I I forgot about the t- the taste part. Like that, t- I don't know when <laughs> when he drinks the nectar and then is like it tastes like warm chocolate chip cookies i was like i would hate that like imagine imagine looking no imagine looking at something cold like oh a cold refreshing glass of apple juice drinking it and then it tastes like warm cookies but it's the texture of juice
1: I I don't know why, but I wanted that so like I had dreams about experiencing that as like a child, like that detail, like drinking something and it tasting like chocolate chip cookies. Like I I wanted that so badly.
0: Make a milkshake. I kind of still want to go make a milkshake.
2: But it's not a milkshake. It's like chocolate chip cookie juice.
0: Yeah, that I get. I mm, the texture.
2: It's I I can't get over the texture thing with it
0: unnerving you. Percy's not a super cute I guess.
2: Yeah. Oh, uh, this is not... I guess it is something I forgot. When Annabeth, like, swears and goes, like, Caracas," that's <laughs> something I used to, like, say when I was little. <laughs> you know? Because I was like, I speak ancient Greek. <laughs> oh, oh, you guys don't know? I'm square- swearing in ancient Greek. Actually, that's so good. Oh,
1: <laughs> oh my wow, god, you are so bad. quirky! It? So, are you? <laughs> so quirky and different. I would <laughs> so do that, that's honestly. A- I didn't know how to pronounce it, but like I wish I was <laughs>
2: able I was, to. I was like, oh, Ares S. Caracas, like, you don't know what I'm talking about. It's, it's just like ancient Greek. I, I learned it from like Percy Jackson. I like might be a half flood.
0: It's so funny because that's so something that my pretentious little kid like self would so do but I just don't think I remembered it but oh my god that's relatable
2: oh also the whole strawberry farm thing I forgot about that
1: mm-hmm. like, they yeah. have
2: an ag- a logistical way to support themselves <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah and like a cover-up like, for the rest of, like, the world. Like, they didn't just, like, cover the whole place in mist and make it look like a hill. They were like, oh, it's it's a farm. <laughs> it actually is.
2: And it actually, yeah, they're just uh, contributing to a capitalist society.
1: <laughs> All right, that's true. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I've never they. thought of it that way, but I love that.
2: I mean, they are. Too no. bad that their strawberries have bugs in them.
1: We... I'm going to continue to eat strawberries. I'm taking the stance and I I care what TikTok says. I'm going to continue to eat strawberries.
2: No, I will too.
1: I I can't do it.
0: I'm gonna have to soak them in salt water for like ten minutes before eating them for the rest of my life.
1: That's gonna like ruin them, though.
0: No, 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 no. no. Because I did it already with blackberries. Oh, and they taste fine. (laughs) I'm so mad. I I think I was like telling this story earlier, but I um she was like, No, you're eating blackberries because you need to eat fruit. And I'm like, fine. Um, because it was like 2 p.m. and I hadn't eaten anything. And she was like, You're not healthy. And then um, and then I was like, No, 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 uncomfortable. And I soaked them in um so <laughs> And he's like, If you ruin them, <laughs> I will like vaporize you. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> and, but they were fine. So that's my You know, that's probably what they do at Camp Half-Blood, too, so.
2: So so where do we we see the theme of change in these chapters?
0: I mean, I know I keep talking about Chiron, but I just think he's such an interesting character. Um, But, like, obviously, you know, your visual, physical change when... um, man in wheelchair, steps out of wheelchair, becomes centaur, like, (laughs) um, which is not only kind of like this physical change and like this visual, you know, alteration of like what you have thought, you know, was just your Latin teacher. Um, but it's kind of like this psychological change too. Like you have to get accustomed to the fact that like, you know, you meaning Percy, like have to get accustomed to the fact that like these people, quote unquote, sort of in your life, might, you know, inhabit this whole other world and it just, nothing, you know, might be what it seems. To quote Selena Gomez in the Wizards of Waverly Place <laughs> song, everything is not what it seems. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Profound.
2: I, I think what's interesting about that is how does this change in this new knowledge, does this change how Percy sees Chiron as a person. Like mm-hmm. he he is still functionally the same person as Mr. Brunner. Mm-hmm. But it just makes me think about like identity politics. And mm-hmm. like if when a person comes out to someone, like how does that change how you're seen? It's like a similar thing. Like he, Chiron's always been a centaur, but yeah. Percy didn't know this.
1: Yeah. How does
2: him knowing he's a centaur now change how he perceives Chiron?
0: Yeah, it it, it makes me think about like sort of, like, how can you trust, like, if someone reveals, like, that they're leading a double life, like, do you actually know them as well as you thought when they kind of inhabit this whole other world and, like, you know, so much of their energy and, like, personhood is, you know, devoted to this other life that
1: they live, so it's it's just crazy stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I also liked the whole It, it was just exposition, but chiron's whole speech about where where mount olympus is and how it moves and changes (laughs) like with western civilization i had forgotten about that And i just really liked that like moving where the energy is you know Mm -hmm. like where like the energy of like um things are changing and where innovation is moving towards i just really like that yeah
2: i i saw the the dialogue between change and progress Like, the progress of the Western civilization, how it progresses changes where the center of power is, and how the gods change with the Western civilization. Like, you see them go from their Greek identities to their Roman identities, which we see come into play a lot in the second series, but also at the same time how they don't change. Because I don't think you can think about change without thinking about a lack of change mm-hmm. and despite them changing names and maybe specifics they're so functionally the same
1: mm-hmm. and that um when they're in chapter five they talk about like chiron's talking to percy and he s- says when he's explaining the concept that the gods are real because this is the first time percy's actually finding out about this concretely um he says he talks about being immortal and he says like imagine being immortal and um continuing to exist and watching the rest of the world change and um watching everything that happens and percy's like i that sounds miserable <laughs> but he's like but he's like i think i shouldn't say that it sounds miserable and he then says, even when people don't believe in you. And I just thought that was like such a powerful line. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> just the idea of watching the world change around you and you have the power to change how the world works and you're moving with progress and you're moving with um, the Western civilization and they start to not believe in you as they progress. Yeah, Like that's insane.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, like the notion of sort of being immortal and like what constitutes, you know, your life as an immortal being
1: oh so interesting because you watch yeah. so much change but also you don't change because you continue to stay yeah and it's almost alive like, and like there yeah
0: and it's like it's almost like the people who you changed to create a faith for change without you or like l- like betray you or leave you behind like it's so it's really sad actually yeah <laughs>
2: and they they talk about the underworld in this briefly, too. Uh, and Karen's like, "Don't think on that, but <laughs> that brings up how death is a change. And like in death, you're changing a state of being. Like no matter what happens when you die in in this series, uh, it suggests that you go to the underworld and how that is a change in location, but also like a state of being but mm-hmm. some people don't experience that change. And what was interesting was when talking about monsters and how the monsters die for a while, but then they come back in this almost reincarnation way. And I, I just made me wonder how do you, how does death change these monsters? You know?
0: Mm. Yeah. yeah. Like, and who are they governed by in a way?
2: Yeah. yeah. Also looking at the beginning, uh, the beginning of the of chapter five is talking about Percy's healing process. And it made me think, Oh, healing is a state of change. You're changing from being injured, being unhealthy to being well and healthy. And I don't know. I just thought that was interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, kind of, I don't know why I thought of this off of that, but, um, so, sort of similarly Dionysus's process of like being seen in a different way um you know when he was like I was you know romping through the woods like looking at pretty girls and like doing a little too much sometimes and then like suddenly he's this you know camp director you know and he's only seen as that and that is not at all what he wanted to be he's not free anymore this you know even for an immortal beating being um it's It just must be hard kind of having your entire course of, not like life, but like, you know, continuously being alive to like, <laughs> change that quickly and like not in your favor. Like, mm.
2: Yeah, how, how change is sometimes in your control. Sometimes it's an act of change, but sometimes change happens to you.
0: Mm-hmm. Even if you view yourself as powerful, you know, no one is all powerful in a way.
2: Yeah, and speaking of Dionysus, I don't think we can talk about this introduction of Dionysus without thinking about the Bacchae.
1: That's legit. All went to theater school (laughs) at the same time.
2: Because as theater majors, uh, who (laughs) all studied the Bacchae uh, by Euripides, correct? Is that yeah? uh, In our classics realm, uh, Mm -hmm. it's just interesting. It's for those of you who don't know, it's a play about how Dionysus comes to the city and who doesn't believe in him and basically drives everyone crazy um, until they're forced to believe in him. Is the the, the brief synopsis? A lot <laughs> happens in there. There's some homoerotic things. Um, it's fun. Please go read it. It's um, a chorus
0: of like amazing women <laughs> who like are Dionysus's supporters. Um, they are like the Bacchae. Um, but they just do the coolest things on stage. <laughs> They're so empowered. Love them.
2: But just in in context with that and this, these chapters that introduce this Mister D in the modern world, it's just interesting to think about how powerful this God is and how much influence he has, and how much influence alcohol has on the history of humanity. Uh, True. Yeah. And it's almost like it talks about oh, his first time being punished was with prohibition. It feels almost like an analog for sobriety and like the the in the modern times, how we see uh, people are realizing that addiction is a disease, and uh going to rehab and going and trying to be sober uh, is a big topic in the world currently. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this Mr. D that we see, this Dionysus that we see in these chapters seems to reflect that almost.
1: Yeah. No. I never even thought of it that way. That's so, that's so true. I just thought of it as like, wow, Dionysus has taken a major slip. <laughs> I just thought of it like, He's having a tough time compared to what he used to do. Yeah.
2: I, I mean, to relate that back to change, I think it's... the Is the God changing... Is what is happening to the God changing the realities of the world or what the realities of the world changing what's happening to the God?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a change in perception because in the Bacchae, like, he's perceived as almost this all-powerful force that has a control over this like giant group of people um and can wreak havoc that literally can kill people um but then you know in more modern works kind of like this but also i don't know in works similar he's seen as like almost the weaker the complainer like of the gods so it's it's kind of like, how did we get here? Um, it's it's very interesting
1: just how perception has changed that much.
2: Okay, so our Percy Sass moments.
1: Oh, I found it. It is the very last page of chapter six. And it is, I probably should have let it go, but I said, You want to gargle you wanna gargle with toilet water again, Clarice? Close your mouth. I would be horrified if someone said that to me. I would be horrified. Literally terrified. Uh, so, I think that was the most distinct moment throughout. No,
2: that was very intimidating.
0: It's very scary to come from a twelve-year-old. Like, like, if one of my like younger cousins said that to me, I'd be like, "Oh my god, you're older now." Uh, <laughs> like, you can be the oldest one. Uh,
2: my moment was not something he said, but it was in his narration which Mm -hmm. is uh, on page 64, which is uh, like the middle of chapter five. Mm -hmm. He goes, this is Chiron talking. Oh, okay. Percy asked Chiron, uh, you all work here, Mr. Brunner? And Chiron says, not Mr. Brunner, the ex-Mr. Brunner said. And I thought that was Mm -hmm. a very funny narration. And I was like, (laughs) I mean, like, that's fair. Like, if you have to write this dialogue down and you're like, I don't know his name yet, but... And don't be mr brunner so he's <laughs> ex next mr brunner i guess
1: yeah no true don't be mr brunner
0: whatever he's not <laughs> yeah no i i was so scared when you said 64 i just pulled up a pdf quickly um i thought you were gonna say the one that i just found um but it was very beginning of chapter six um when he's talking about how Chiron is taking them on a little tour. Um, and he says, um, we had a nice tour though. I was careful not to walk behind him. I'd done Pooper Scooper Patrol in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade a few times, and I'm sorry, I did not trust Chiron's back end the way I trusted his front. I was like, Damn.
2: Yeah. Really out the gate with that horse poop.
0: Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, this man is probably the wisest person you know, and you're really just hitting him with that. Like
2: <laughs> Is he though? Like Chiron is kind of not helpful.
0: <laughs> I have a lot a of this. He teaches Latin. <laughs> and I appreciate that.
2: There there were just multiple points in here where I was like, you're being so vague. Like he <laughs> yeah. brings up he brings something up and he's like, but we're not gonna talk about that now. But and doesn't it's like have to be. great vague. job building suspense.
0: That's I mean books do be needing that, right?
2: The books do be needing that. <laughs> Okay, so for our final section, we like to give an offering for one of the characters in the book who uh, has done something special or needs something special. So, who would like to go first?
0: I can go since we're already on the topic of Chiron. So, um, I... I think he's helpful. So I just <laughs> want to say, you know, thanks. Right. Um, <laughs> I think no. Okay. In all seriousness, I think, um, he was definitely, um, a big influence on why Percy feels capable, um, of, of doing anything really considering he's beaten into the ground, um, by so many teachers, so many schools, so many times, um, you know, Chiron slash Mr. Brunner is kind of one of the first people, aside from his mom, who believes in him. And so I think that, um, you know, being there for him in that transition um, from the school to camp, like welcoming welcoming him to camp and not just, you know, leaving him at the mercy of Mr. D was um, very good of him, kind of getting him settled, um, welcoming him, trying to make him as comfortable as possible. Like, I just think he, you know, really did a good job he did a you know he didn't even have to take care of this kid but he did and I'm pretty sure you know Percy appreciated it um so I just you know I think that was a really good move on his part I think he's always just been very good to Percy and Percy has needed it so I just appreciate that
1: and you can go next to break it up you know
2: okay uh I would like to give an offering for Clarice who comes in at the end of these chapters and Clarice is a bully and she is not nice at all, but normally people are bullies when they've experienced bullying or trauma. And so I'm giving an offering for Clarice and any person who feels the need to belittle others because they can't figure out how to deal with something traumatic that's happened to them or the bullying that's happened to them in their past. And I'm excited to, to dive into her more in the next book too.
0: Wow. That's deep. I, (laughs) I say I love Clarice all the time, but it's kind of like, wow, she's badass. (laughs) That's, that's a really nice take on it. I like that a lot. Yeah. Okay. I
1: go. Um, (laughs) I also chose Chiron, (laughs) Um, but specifically because I had forgotten his backstory and um, it's a very brief part of the book, but it talks about how he had his wish granted by the gods to be able to teach heroes for as long as the world needs him. And I don't think he quite knew what he was signing up for (laughs) because that made him still here in the modern day teaching heroes because the world still needed them. And I remember um, a lot of stuff that's going to happen later that he reveals later, but just that he's gone through a lot and watched a lot of heroes have tragic endings that he's like helped. And um, just remembering all of that and remembering that he's had this history of ha- being responsible to teach the heroes of the world and then occasionally having to watch them fail um after creating these connections with them you know mm-hmm. and now he's having to do it all again with this new kid and yeah so that's why i, I chose run. <laughs>
2: yeah
1: good character
2: okay that's all for this week folks join us next week
0: where we will be talking about themes of competition within chapter seven, My Dinner Goes Up in Smoke, and chapter eight,
1: We Capture a Flag. Um, Be sure to follow our social medias, Instagram and Twitter. It's at Return to Camp. Thanks. Thanks. See you next week. See you next week.